correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPG, the podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm here with my friend Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. And we're going to talk some RPGs, but before we do that, we're going to talk some Prime by Cortex. Yes. Prime by Cortex is another podcast here on the D20 Radio Network, hosted by JT, who you heard uh, just a couple episodes back, and uh, his his friend Kirby. And they talk primarily about Cortex Prime. Um, and while JT told us that they were kind of on hiatus, lo and behold, this morning, they dropped a new episode. <laughs> it's an interview with Miriam Robern, R-O-B-E-R-N. I don't recognize the name but it's about the product Emporium of the Speaking Lands. So uh, that I think is, is, well, I'm really not sure what it is because I didn't get a chance to look it up, but that's what their new episode is about. Uh, again, like I said, they, they kind of focus on Prime by Cortex, which is a really cool game system that I just haven't gotten a chance to play with yet. So, yeah. Yeah, me neither. Um, yeah, JT and the crew, awesome over there, doing good work. Mm-hmm. So, yes, they do. You would come up with our topic for this week. Well, not really me. Well. <laughs> it was a suggestion from one of our patrons. And uh, amongst other things, that's that's something we, not that we don't take them from everybody, but, you know, I mean, if you're a patron, we uh, maybe add a little more weight to your suggestions. And uh, there's our patron and friend, Eric, who, uh, well, yeah, he wanted us to talk about tropes and, and specifically the tropes you love and hate. Uh, but but I think tropes in general, you know, is, is a good jumping off point. Yeah, I think tropes in general is a good jumping off point. So you had said tropes we love and hate. And maybe my brain's just not working right. I'm having a hard time drawing on some tropes. So why don't you start us off with that? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll go with the example that, that Eric gave. And, and the one that he's very tired of is, you know, that stereotypical horny bard. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I'm sorry. It's kind of funny, but it's been so overused and overworked that, like, I'm sorry. It it it, it just doesn't. It doesn't work anymore. I, I, I know. I get it. I get it. Don't yuck somebody's yum. But, like, no, though, it doesn't work. It It's not... It's not fun for anybody else at the table anymore. Everybody's kind of like, ha ha, you're going to go and do the thing. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work. It it just doesn't. I think the same works for straight up, in my opinion, and, and other people can disagree and that's fine. But straight up murder hobos don't work. Let's put it this way. I'm tired of them. I'll 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 throw one in. And and I'm blanking on the name that we all used to call them, but and this was also part of a product of the rules. But the um, the the stick up their ass paladins from second edition D and D. Oh yeah, the the super super Stupid. strict. Yeah, 
Uh, you know, like, like, and, and I will say this as much the as I stupid paladin. Yes. Yeah. There's, yes. Okay. That's what I was. And, and, and as much as I am not a big fan of fifth edition D and I like the way they treated paladins in that edition. I like the introduction of like the Oathbreaker paladin and being able to be like, yeah, but what happens if I don't follow your rules? Well, I like the concept of the paladin as a cause dedicated warrior. You know what I mean? Like agreed. Agreed. I like the paladin inverse of the um warlock cuz they're basically the same class just opposite sides of the same spectrum. Um I love yeah, I love that dynamic having someone who is driven by an out external force instead of driven by their own you know, they may have adopted that external forces set of morals as their morals, but they're not their own morals. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting, I, I like that. I like that as a trope. Um, I, I mean the, the, the generic, the generic D and D classes, like the rogue, the ranger, the horny bard, like, those are those are tired and and I think as gamers a lot of us have moved past that but some of you know so you have to start somewhere and I understand mm -hmm. that that's maybe the jumping on point for a lot of people but once you get to a certain level of gaming you've seen that so much and even if you consume like if you consume actual play podcasts you know you've seen that so much in so many different permutations and I'm not saying don't do it your own way, but I am saying, you know, maybe give it some more life than just those two dimensions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I think that kind of goes, though, to any of those. In a sense, I feel like it's it's overly viewing the world in black and white. And well, that, too, I, mean. I guess that's maybe a trope in and of itself, you know, but. Let's face it. I mean, if you do that in normal life, it's going to be a pain in your keister, you know? Like, well, there's a reason why like there's a reason why there's moral quandaries in in like Batman, let's say. Mhm. Mm or why Frank Castle as the Punisher is not always the good guy, right? Like there's reasons why that polarity of good and evil can be played both as a as a um look at two-face right two-face mm -hmm. is the batman villain um he plays both sides of the coin right he's he's mm -hmm. good on one side he's evil on the other and and playing that polarity is what makes that character however they are still a villain because it's extreme on both ends mm -hmm. it's it's extreme on the side of vengeance it's extreme on the side of of evil it's you know, it's the polarity sides. And, and I think everybody is a little bit morally gray in a lot of ways, especially in, in exaggerated stories. Mm -hmm. And I think playing into the moral gray area is where you get more intrigue and interest into stories. Whereas extreme polarity is we've seen that played out, right? I don't know. Did you ever finish Ahsoka? Yes, actually, I did. Okay. So very much a lot of the, like, this is 
Jedi versus Sith, and in that, it's a lot of Jedi, eh, Sith, eh. You know what I mean? Yeah, they they kind of blurred those lines a bit. Like right. they did and they didn't, right? Like Well, they have they just not spoilers or nothing. The entire, well, not the entire, but the main foils to our heroes are calling themselves dark Jedi. Mhm. So it's it, they're they're actively not calling themselves, you know, we're Sith. They're they're denouncing that and saying no, we're just dark side Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's weird, but interesting. Well, but you also have Ahsoka, who yeah, isn't left the order, right? Is is defunct of the order. Um, as a character, I think Ahsoka was really great. I love Rosario Dawson. I really wish the choreography was better in that series. I I was very happy with it in general. Like I I wasn't incredibly disappointed, but. I do wish some of the fight choreography was a little bit more old school and less modern. I mean, fair enough, I guess. I I thought the sets, and I'm sure a lot of it was CGI enhanced, etc., but they were just gorgeous and so recognizable. Oh, yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. You knew where you were. You weren't confused. You know, I, the I highways think... were like, just like oh you know straight out of i mean episode one of of rebels uh, yeah oh yeah i i completely agree um the tower was the tower was the tower like Mm -hmm. there was never a point which i was like where is this and i think all the characters all the characters coming across from from rebels and clone wars to live action was great fantastic Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that CGI de-aging stuff is creepy and I don't like it, but that's <laughs> well, just a different uh, conversation okay. <laughs> and I don't want to spoil nothing. So tangent time. Uh-huh. It's the name of the should, podcast. Should, should we just, uh, declare that Dave Filoni should be in charge of everything Star Wars at this point? <sighs> yeah, but we also have to ban Robert Rodriguez. I mean, I, I, <sighs> Book of Boba Fett was bad, and that was all Rodriguez. And then every Rodriguez episode has been bad, and it okay. sucks because Robert Rodriguez is a good director and a very good writer, and just not able to do Star Wars. Okay, or- I, I I will say the same thing I said about Boba Fett back. Uh, I don't know. I think we did a Patreon episode or something about it at one point. Um, I think the problem with Boba Fett is not that it was bad. It, it it's that it wasn't the story we all thought we were getting. Okay. I I have I have a disagreement with you on that because it sets up like five different stories. I was I went into the book of Boba Fett expecting nothing. I, I expected I half expected them to not even address him getting out of the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. I I expected it to maybe even just be a pick up where we left off with Boba Fett with when he was with Mando and call it good enough. And that's kind of what we got. But we also got these flashbacks, which didn't help that story because the flashbacks were the more interesting parts of it. When he's when he's hanging out with the Raiders, you're like, give me this all day, every day and less of that, whatever's happening in the current timeline. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the major problem I have with Book of Boba Fett is that 
I went into that I went into that series with sort of open arms of like whatever you do with this character, I'm interested to see it, and then got the worst of all worlds. And was like, okay, I take back what I said. I'm no longer interested to see what you do with this character. I've seen what you can do with it. Don't care. I I think my biggest beef with it, honestly, was, and this is going to sound petty, but was the speeder bike gangs. Oh, man, the scooter gang? Yeah, like, and I get that Power that Rangers? was, well, I get that that was a nod to actual Vespa clubs that have existed in the real world. Yeah, yeah. I, I but it there's a way to do as, that right and there's a way to do that wrong and they did it wrong. I think they did it too literally. I think they could have done it more literally and still done it well. They needed to the problem I have with those gangs was that we spent no time with them as characters before they started immediately getting bodied by better characters on screen. <laughs> immediately they start losing a battle against Cad Bane and an army of droids. And I no longer care about these characters. Like they were set up to be There's a term in wrestling. um, They call them jobbers. Mm -hmm. It's their job to get bodied by the main wrestler. It helps build up a wrestler and make them seem like they're tougher than they are or, you know, perceive that to the audience. I look at the scooter bike gang and go, you guys are all jobbers. And I didn't want that for you because you could be really cool, but you chose not to be. Or, well, mm. the writer director chose not to be. Yeah. I, but like I said, I wonder if we were, and to tie this kind of into to where we started, we were all expecting the, the badass, brutal bounty hunter trope from Bubba Fett. And because we didn't get it, is is that what, like, it, it almost felt like, how do I want to say this? Like, it's the, it's the other side of the uh, gunfighter turned preacher sto- trope, right? Right. And did it just not, I, I, okay, let me ask it this way. Had you got the same story, but the central character wasn't Bubba Fett, would you have felt differently about it, do you think? No. Fair. <laughs> no. I, I like I said, you know, but you get what I'm what I'm going at. I understand where you're coming from and I get what you're saying. I just know that for me, I've I after Book of Boba Fett sort of flopped in my book, I sat down and broke it down on why I didn't like that series. Because that's what I do. I like mm-hmm. to why don't I like this thing? And I'll sit and break it down. Because I've too many times when I was younger people would be like, why don't you like this? And I would not have a legitimate explanation on why I don't, I'd just be like, I don't know, I don't like it. And so I started analyzing stuff on why I don't like it. And I know that if I were to take Boba Fett out of that situation, I would still be going, man, I wish we spent more time with the Raiders. I wish we spent more time, you know, doing something rather than, again, what we got, which was, I I could care. Um, you know, I don't like Andor, um, and I know why I don't like Andor. I could care less about space bureaucracy. (laughs) See, I, I, it's the same problem I have with, uh, the, the Marvel Civil War movie. I don't, the, Mm -hmm. the intrigue is, it's a lost art on me. I don't care for Jason Bourne. I enjoyed Andor, but. Yeah, I could get that. I understand. 
Well, you're also a bigger fan of spy stories than I am. Fair. I'm not a big fan of like, like I don't care for the Bourne movies. I'm not a huge fan of, uh, I like the goofy, uh, James Bond movies. Like I'm not the, I'm not this super spy person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And uh, look, I mean, we all like our, our different things. I, I guess for me and, or felt like they were telling a story from from a different segment of the Star Wars universe that has been kind of always acknowledged but never seen. Well, that's how I felt about Rogue One. <laughs> well, and and I mean, Andor is effectively the prequel to Rogue One. Right. But, I felt that Rogue One was that beautiful, like, injection that Star Wars needed, especially mm-hmm. coming out after, I don't know, after, um, was it TFA? Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. I felt that Rogue One was this just awesome, awesome thing. And then Andor comes out, and I'm like, okay, um, had you done this right after Rogue One came out, we would be having a different conversation, I think. If that was the first of those Disney series to drop, I think we would be going, wow, Andor, or I think I at least would be going, wow, Andor is really awesome. That's amazing. However, we've had what two seasons of Mando at that point, and then Rebels. Um, <laughs> like we had another season of Clone Wars come out. It, it's it's this culmination of all these things that came out, and then Andor comes out, mm-hmm. and it's just like I, boy, this would have been great, you know, two years ago. <laughs> I mean, so is is casting Andor a trope in his own way as just kind of this. The lovable rogue, yeah. In a way, but I don't feel like he's he's not painted as lovable to me. Mm. He's more just like, he's kind of sympathetic, but not really. I, I read him as like, I don't know how to put it. He's basically what Han Solo was supposed to be, right? Like Cassie and Andor at Han Solo in the first, Han Solo when he first shows up, and Cassie Nandor kind of remind me of the same character trope. Yes. Okay. I, okay. So it's this gruff, will do anything for a dollar, doesn't really, you know, has his own agenda, doesn't need you around type of character. And Cassie Nandor is the same way. He's He's gruff. I have my own agenda. I'm just doing this for some money. Leave me be. And we'll be fine. And in Andor, it's like, okay, well, no offense, but you don't have the charisma of Harrison Ford in the 70s. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And everything else around, it, it, again, for me, everything else around, like, not your direct storyline, but everything around it, I could care less about. I don't care about the the space bureaucracy and the corruption inside of, of the new Republic. I just don't care. I just don't. I mean, no, that's fair. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of, again, I think for me, it, it's seeing a portrayal of the things we kind of imagined were there. Yeah. But yeah, it never is. saw. <laughs> and, it is kind of actualizing some of that 
subtext. Mm-hmm. So it's making it it's making it text. <laughs> it's yeah. taking subtext and making it text. And that's cool. Hey, I think that's neat. I like that as an idea. I just don't think for me it was executed well enough. Mm-hmm. And no, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's just a personal thing. It's not like I'm saying this because I'm like, oh man, everybody that likes Andor is wrong. And I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that for me, this didn't hit. This this is not something I was interested in watching. It's like I've had a lot of people tell me to watch the boys. I've watched season one and season two of the boys. I don't I like it's too cynical. That's a trope I'm tired. I'm I'm tired of cynical superheroes. I I'm tired of the oh they're superheroes and they do so much good except for all this terrible that they do. And I'm not saying I need a one dimensional superhero, but I'm saying that like I don't know Superman's not Superman's not a bad person in real life because you know. Superman being a bad person in real life doesn't make me more interested to follow that character, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. And, and that's Fair. the problem I have with like the boys. <laughs> it's like, see, I've not seen them. I've heard a fair amount about them and it, it's just, I don't know. It, it's never like, it hasn't interested me enough to check it out. Let's put it that way. Fair. It's, it's, I don't want to describe it because uh, I'll, I'll, I won't do it justice, but it's very gritty and based in reality in a lot of ways and, and mm-hmm. gross in a lot of ways. Like, I'm not saying that to be like rude about the series, but it is, there are things that are gross about it. And some of that is to play into like the quote unquote humor of it. Some of that's to play into the, to the world itself. And I, I get why people like it. I just, it's not, again, it's just another series. That's just not my type thing. Yeah, I guess in, in somewhat, I've kind of almost, in some ways it's a superhero take on jackass and I'm just not interested. Did you ever watch the, uh, the, uh, mid 2010s movie Hancock with Will Smith? I don't think so. Okay. Then this isn't, that doesn't make any sense. Hancock was like the first of these. It's a superhero movie, but we swear in it. And it's like, there's a little bit of nudity and like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a superhero movie, but for adults, mm-hmm. Hancock was like the first of the, well, not, maybe not the first, but, uh, uh, in my opinion, a relevant, uh, comparison point to the boys. And okay. yeah, I just, I, I liked it then. I thought it was cool, but now, and then I read the boys comic in college because I was told to, I was like, Oh, you need to read this. This is one of the most important comics ever written. And I was like, okay, because I had that kick for a minute where I was reading like important graphic novels and all that. Mm-hmm. And then the show comes out and it's, it's the comic, but slightly different. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I've seen this already. Poison elves in a way. Um, what do you mean? I, I just remember the Poison Elves books from the 90s that were kind of that gritty graphic kind of over the top yeah. push with things. Yeah, you could see that. Like, um, I didn't read them much, but, you know. Kind of uh, maybe a goofier version of Watchmen. Okay. Um, yeah, kind of a goofier version of Watchmen, if you think about it that way. Fair. 
So I got another trope that I've realized I'm I'm a bit tired of, but it comes with a little bit of a caveat. I am really tired of the big dumb fighter trope. Oh man. Caveat though, and and I've said it before on the show, so I will uh, Travis Willingham's Grog is my absolute favorite character from Critical Role, period. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, <laughs> I get where you're coming from with that big dumb fighter thing is is tired. I think the thing with Grog, and we've talked about Grog a lot, and, and I'm not trying to get back down that tangent, but the thing with Grog is that that's a character that through the length of that campaign grows, becomes maybe not less dumb, but less uh, inexperienced, less tropey, dumb, less. Yes. Yes. He becomes more. There are steps that he takes to become more knowledgeable and becomes a better character as that story goes on. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my thing with Grog is I think Grog starts as that and then grows to something else. It's kind of like Scanlan. Mm-hmm. Scanlan. We just talked about Scanlan mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, Scanlan starts as the annoying bard and then grows into grows into something more. Mm-hmm. So, well, okay. Since we're we're on that that thing, how about Vaxel Don as the Edgelord Rogue? Again, a character that starts like that and then becomes very vulnerable and very much a better character. I, I don't know how to say that. No, like, yeah, I think I'm that's just... the strength of that campaign is that those characters grow and progress over time. We see it in campaign one. We see it in campaign two. I haven't watched any of campaign three or, or, or any of the new stuff. Yeah. I listened to an episode and a half of campaign three. I just don't have the time. I, I wish mm-hmm. I did. I wish I could care, but I just don't have the time. They're great actors and they they do that part of it so well, but I don't know. Like you said, time. I need to sit down and try watching their, um, the actual play of their system that they're running. Oh, the candle can't, whatever it's called. Obscura. I didn't try and say it. Yeah. The obscure thing. I want to sit down and try watching that because that looks interesting to me because I'm, I'm interested in their system and I think Mm -hmm. that's a cool setting they've built. Mm hmm. Um, other than I know it's based in forged in the dark. I don't know much about it. Yeah. I, I don't know much about it either. I'd like to sit down and listen to them play it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just haven't had that time, but yeah, that's the thing that with these tropes, when we talk about them, it's okay if you start that way, but if you grow into a character or well, okay. With the caveat, as long as the, table can deal with it and it's okay it's okay if you start that way but grow into your character Mm -hmm. that's fine but if it's gonna be you know if you're gonna start that way and then you're not uh doing anything to like change or not be annoying to your party Mm -hmm. then you're the problem i'm sorry (laughs) you know what i mean okay but so and 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 this okay we we just kind of said all this right how many of those characters in in campaign one did start off as classic throwaway tropes and they grew right so look there's there's a reason that the tropes have become tropes because on a certain level they work mm-hmm. but maybe maybe the key isn't not isn't to not start with them 
but to take that and and mold it into something more. So tropes work because they elicit a reaction. Right. And 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 that's just the fact of the matter. Whether that a reaction be good or bad. <laughs> so just be cautious. If you're going to start as a trope or you're not sure where to start, so you need to just pick a trope, just be cautious of and mindful of the party. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing that can kill a game more than, than, you know, a party that's being nice for the sake of, like, you know, this is so-and-so's character. That's all they know how to play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and everybody at the table is like, I wish they didn't play that. I, I don't know. I, I It's a very sensitive, tough subject on that. But uh, approaching someone and being like, hey, can you tone back some of this has been a situation that i've had to deal with as a gm multiple mm-hmm. times <laughs> like i've dealt with it in so many different kind of games where it's been like hey you know you're making the table like they really don't like this can you tone it back a little bit or you know make these minor changes and like try not to you know it's it's hitting those that tropey stuff can kind of get into people's like um, lions and and veils and all that. Yeah, yeah, you got to watch that. So I've had to sit down with people and be like, "Look, you're making the table uncomfortable. You need to stop." <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's not a fun conversation to have. So that's why I'm saying, just be aware when you're making a tropey character that you're not crossing anybody's boundaries. And if you, if somebody comes to you and says, "Hey," Can you change this? Don't take it as an attack on you. They're probably coming to you because there's a reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People don't, unless unless they're a real jerk, most people don't come up to you and go, can you not do this if it's not bothering them, actually? Mm-hmm. Fair. Just, just a fact. Yeah. All right, so how about some tropes that you like? I kind of kick us uh, off if you want. Yeah, go ahead and kick us off. So I'm not sure if you want to call him the kind of reluctant hero or the almost not unwilling seems like a strong word. But if I say John McClane, you know exactly what I'm trying. Oh, to. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the um, it's Han from Tokyo Drift. It's the uh, I guess. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. You haven't. I know you're not up on anime, but our listeners that that watch anime will know and read manga will know One Punch Man Saitama. He has okay, this yeah, whole thing. Okay. He has this whole thing where basically he's the most powerful fighter in that universe. Mm-hmm. And he is just so tired of being the most powerful fighter in that universe. <laughs> There's a classic <laughs> panel of him just going, okay. And it is exactly how I like in the anime they do it is like ugh. <laughs> to the response of like a giant monster attack in his response is like, ugh. you know <laughs> what I mean? I love that type of character The I don't want to be here. Let's just get this over with those kind of sayings. Oh, forget it. Yeah. And, and like, and now I will say too, my wife is a huge fan of particularly diehard one and three mm-hmm. and i really like die hard four four's good uh five what's eh. die hard with a vengeance is that four? die hard with a vengeance is three three okay 
Four is the one with the kid from the Apple commercials. Live free or die hard. Yes. Is that, that's four. I think. Yeah. And then five was a good day to die hard or something. Terrible. Yeah. It (laughs) wasn't very terrible. I, 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 my condolences to, to Bruce Willis's family because apparently he's got it rough, but yeah. Um, yeah, that, that last couple of Die Hard movies weren't great. But I do like that that trope of that character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the, oh, well, damn it, I'm stuck in this crap again. Well, the same, on the same coin, on the same coin, Alan Rickman's character as a villain. Oh, yeah. Of, uh, you know, just Alan Rickman's character in Die Hard is fantastic. And that's a trope I love of the, oh, you can't touch me. You, you mm-hmm. literally can't touch me. Yeah, that's a well. Trope. Okay, and playing up tropes. The um, oh, I can't think of his name, but the the dude that works with Lucy and gets shot while he's on the radio. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? The like he's trying to play like he's John's buddy and all that. I it's been a minute. I can't remember. But he's he's um, like playing the like super sleazy corporate guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Sleazy corporate guys. That's, that's a character that I love and hate. Um, I think it's like one I, you love to hate. Yeah. Yeah. I love to hate super corporate sleazy guys. I use them as a lot as villains, especially in cyberpunk stories. Oh, oh yeah. They make the best villains. Well, and because everyone loves to hate them. Yeah. Everybody's like, ah, man, screw this guy. Look, I I've said it before on the show. I so badly want to create an NPC in the vein of Frank Burns <laughs> because, and I know you've seen the show enough and it, you get the Frank Burns, despite never being overly villainous, elicits a reaction from you when you see him oh, on the screen. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and he's definitely opposite the quote unquote protagonist of the show. Yes. But he's not necessarily the antagonist. <laughs> right. He's not necessarily the bad guy. Right. It's just another, like, yeah. No, I understand that completely. And, I mean, Winchester was good at that, too, but he was more sympathetic in in some episodes in particular. But I think that was also later in the show where they had nuanced some things a bit more. So, you know... Yeah, MASH is a great example of TV tropes that work. Almost everybody on that cast is acceptable. <laughs> I, yeah. It, it. We've gushed about MASH a lot on this show. I, I, I really think it's a fantastic show. I really think it is one of the best pieces of television ever produced. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's hard to express to especially a younger generation, but yeah, it's... It's a really one of the best pieces of media or television ever produced. Yeah, because I mean, it was at the, it was comedy, it was social commentary. They talked about legitimate issues. Yeah, they didn't. They weren't afraid to touch on legitimate issues, which is, I think, something that works really well in that series. But often did it through a lens where you didn't exactly realize they were talking about the issue as much as, you know, like the issue was part of the story they were telling in the episode, as opposed to hit you in the face with the message. 
Well, yeah, until they do hit you in the face with the message. Uh, right. I mean, but, but that's, that's kind of the art of, of that show. Yeah. That kind of storytelling, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, well, it's all the nuance until, you know, until we hear a story and, and then it's like, oh, oh, like the realities of that particular conflict go into, into purview. And it's like, oh, this is a, this is actually a legit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's cool, man. I love mash. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it like, well, like you said, it, and, and yet, okay, now here's a, a question and I don't have as much context as maybe someone my age normally would. Was mash as tropey when it aired as it feels now, or did it uh, define so many of those tropes that have since become a standard? I would have to do some research on that. I don't have that answer either. I feel like, from my understanding of television around the era, it it did and it didn't define... I feel like it defined a lot of those tropes because character dramas weren't as big of a... Like, these character studies, I should say, weren't as big of a thing. Because I'm trying to think of, like, TV around that time that would have... Maybe not necessarily as deep character conversations, but, you know, well-developed characters like MASH has. Mm-hmm. And I I think of, like, All in the Family, and that, I mean, there's episodes with that, but that's sort of a, it's kind of a, a rough show. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. maybe MASH was, like, I, 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 we know MASH was genre-defying. We know that right. much. But maybe it's, you know, maybe it did define those tropes. I don't know the answer to that, honestly. Uh, that's a good question. All right. So how about one you like? Uh, trope I like. Let me think for half a second. Um, good grief. I like, um, I love a false sense of hope. <laughs> I know that <laughs> sounds really dark, but um, in storytelling, I love when there's just a full-on break in like... So it's kind of the kind of the end of um, uh, to go back to Star Wars, right? Think mm-hmm. about the end of like a new hope, right? Mm-hmm. Where we have this whole award ceremony and um, we're, we're going to have this whole thing, but we don't realize how much of an actual war is coming. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that as a trope. I like that as an idea to be like, OK, well, let's. We're going to celebrate our victory. And then for that to come crashing down Mm -hmm. game of Thrones, a a series I don't really care for, but they do it really well with their red wedding. Mm -hmm. That's another one. I probably should watch at some point. I talk to somebody that likes it. I I'm not the person to talk to about that Mm -hmm. one. I watched it because everybody was losing their minds about it. And then when it ended badly, I got to sit and be proud of myself for not liking that series. (laughs) But yeah, I, I love that, like, ah, now we can breathe. Oh, no, we can't breathe. <laughs> like, things are falling apart. Yeah, the, that that's good. And I, the, I, I kind of like that, or that sense of foreboding in a moment of hope, I, I really like, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, the, the bittersweet celebrations sometimes of, like, we won the battle, but not the war. So mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't be celebrating. Like, yeah. So to go off of that kind of dual emotion thing, and I don't know if this character is 
is a trope or not, but I feel like it's an excellent portrayal and I'd love to figure out a way to put players in, in this kind of situation in a game. And that's Tom Selleck's Frank Reagan and the, the way he portrays the kind of dual roles of being a parent to, you know, detectives or district attorneys and also the police commissioner. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he, he does an excellent job of kind of portraying the, the internal conflict of having to be a public face and uphold a certain standard, but also having intense personal sentiments that don't necessarily agree with the front he has to put on. And he right. strongly believes in both sides of it. Right. Yeah. I think that's a cool character as well. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, trying to think. Sorry. My brain just went. I'll tell you another one that, that I wish was more of a trope. And this goes to, to Breaking Bad. The compounding bad decisions. Oh, yeah. Oh, how many bad decisions until this Jenga tower falls over? Oh. That's the best. Yeah, but like, but that to me was the whole, that was Breaking Bad, right? Like, yeah, it was, yeah, that was, that was the majority of that show. <laughs> and yet it was so, so well done. Yeah. No, that's, that, that show is fantastic. And like some of those, those choices didn't pay off for a couple seasons. Oh Yeah. That's one thing. That's a that's a trope that people don't realize. Maybe that is a trope. The long con. The I'm gonna set this up now, and we'll revisit this in six months, a year, two years. Like, yeah, no, there, there you go. There's a good one to to keep in your back pocket. You know, don't pay it off right away. Yeah, and don't don't hurry to tie all the loose ends. Now, one thing I really hate is is missing loose ends i really hate when there's loose ends left open unless mm -hmm. you're planning on revisiting that story yeah and that's kind of a real fine line to walk there too yeah because if you're planning on going back then fine if you're if you you as the gm forget some loose ends and your players forget some loose ends that's a different that's completely different that didn't happen mm -hmm. <laughs> um but if they're like, hey, whatever happened to this? And you're just like, mm, have, you know, make something up for it. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, it's. <sighs> I feel like we didn't actually talk a lot about RPG specific stuff. But at the same point, we talked a lot of story stuff, which is what tropes are. Yeah. And, and that's the big thing. RPGs. So. Well, and, and yeah, that's the big thing is that as players and, and GMs, we got to think about stories more as a whole and less of like, how does this work in an RPG setting? Well, it works because it works. Like just make it work. I, I That's one thing that getting over the hurdle of how do I make this work in an RPG? Well, it's the question isn't necessarily maybe not how it's just what RPG should I use this in? There's that. I think to a certain point too, maybe Instead of think, trying to think of it in how do I make this work in an RPG, how do I make an RPG work for this? Right. You know, look at it. 
instead of trying to wedge it into the box of your game, shape the box to fit the thing you want to put in it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, move your box around, make it, if it's got to go in sideways, it's got to go in sideways. And if you have to throw that box out and get another one, get another one. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. I, but it can be a hard mental hurdle to get over. Yeah. I understand that. I've been there myself with like certain projects where I'm like, Oh, oh hold on. Oh man. I think this game would be awesome. And I want to run this particular story. And then you pick the wrong system and you go, why is this so hard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes to why I love so many different games, right? It's because oh, yeah. I want to be able to get a different size box. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think I did that a couple times with some stories where I was like, I want to tell this kind of story. And I started out in a system and was like, Oh no, Oh no, 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 no. I, I learned the hard way that this system doesn't tell that kind of story. And learning that is an important lesson, but well, any, any more tropes, thoughts, or ideas? Not really. I mean, you know, it's, it's for a trope that I won't say I particularly love, but I don't mind that kind of hard nosed cop a la, you know, Danny Reagan, a little bit of John McClane. Yeah. I can, I can get behind some hard nosed cop. You know, it, I, I honestly think, I think blue bloods is going to be licked back on in some years very well. I never got around to it. I like the series, but anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's not mash and there will never be another mash. No, but I think it, it took the, what on the surface is a mashup of essentially law and order and took it to another level. But anyway, that's sort of a diversion slash digression. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Well, with all that being said, as always links to everything are in the show notes. Before we get too late into the show, I want to remind everyone to like us, uh, leave us some stars or a review or whatever you can do on any, whoever you're listening to the podcast. Remind you guys, we have a Patreon. Check out our Patreon. Um, Links to all that are in the show notes. And now it's time for Game of the Week. Woohoo! Game of the Week! Game of the Week! Game of the Week! So I have mine ready to go if you want to if you want me to go first. Sure, go ahead. I have a brand new one from Evil Hat Games called Girl by Moonlight. Okay. I am a bit of a sucker for some Sailor Moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Sailor Moon run in essentially Forged in the Dark sounds like a real good time. Uh... Do you need a link? Or do hey, you it would be useful if I was going to search it, but if you can link me, I just click it. Yeah, get you a link here. Okay. That also makes it easier to find when I do the show notes. True. There you go. Okay. So See, I, I haven't watched Sailor Moon yet, and I keep feeling like I should, but I never remember to go do it. Sailor Moon is is really great and simultaneously a hard pitch to somebody that, I don't know if they would be into that genre, right? Mm-hmm. Magical girl, Sailor Moon is like we talked about mash. Sailor Moon is, is the pinnacle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of things that are really impenetrable 
that once you get past, it's like, okay, I can get past this and I can, I can understand that this is just a trope of the series and getting past some of those tropes and into the meat and potatoes of that series is where a lot of people get lost. A lot of people don't make it through. Like there's a lot of talk of like, Oh, dating boys. And you know, like just like generic, what I'll call generic girl stuff because it was pitched as like a young girl's anime Mm -hmm. underneath that is some serious struggles of like good versus evil and morality plays and interpersonal drama. And (laughs) there's all this nuance underneath the facade of very tropey, uh, teen drama stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think sailor moon is fantastic. There are other magical girl anime that I like better just because I like things. I'm particular about things, but this looks amazing and the ability to run magical girl anime in a TTRPG sounds like a fantastic time to me. Mm -hmm. And I trust, you know, evil hat games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Like still don't understand why they don't make a hat with just the eyeballs. I know. I know that upsets me greatly. We need to get somebody from like, we need to try and get one of the higher ups from evil hat and be like, look, (laughs) you're missing serious revenue. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I just want a hat that says evil and like the logo. That's it. It could even just be the, the eyeballs. We've talked about this. It could just be, I, at this point I'm about two seconds from getting a black hat of any kind and making like stickers of the evil eyeballs and that, there you go. That take it to somebody mm-hmm. as like a prototype. Be like, look, look at how good this looks. Sell it, please. Yeah, like <laughs> literally take the logo and produce it. Yeah, make a big dumb hat. Make it one of the big, you know, cowboy hat type. I don't know what those are called. The f- big flat brim, pointed peak hats. Make one of mm-hmm. those. Like, make hats. Why do you not make hats? <laughs> a little bit of merch. Listen. TTRPG creators, especially larger companies, make merch. I will wear your merch. I will. I'll advertise for your company, especially <laughs> hats. Hats are easy. Like, yeah. And some people like me wear one all the time. Yeah. Opti, make me a hat with a fragging unicorn. Like, <laughs> oh. All right. What do you got, Steve, now that I've ranted about evil hat game? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't actually go with a game. This is a supplement. And again, going back to a couple episodes ago, we talked about random tables and so forth. Well, I stumbled across this little four or five dollar book of random tables, 48 pages. And I'll send you the link here. And because this is also a genre full of tropes, my game of the week this week is the book of random tables, colon, pirates. It is 48 pages of pirate tables those are good books i like that <laughs> book series i mean there's useful table things like you know what's in the harbor master's office what's in a vessel you ransacked oh what's in the ship's captain's quarters what's in the kitchen what's in a treasure chest you know cargo there's even uh names for pirates and pirate ships nautical terms section there's a generator for pirate hideouts and while this is specifically 
tend yeah specifically aimed towards it lists savage worlds in seventh sea i'm assuming they mean uh 50 fathoms it's pirates there's lots of pirates in star wars or any space game or most space games right they don't have to be classic golden age of piracy pirates i i just feel like you could take so much of this and 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 just tweak it a little bit and use it in so many things oh yeah well that's the point of those is that they're they're stupid useful book series stupid useful yeah and like i said it's four or five bucks yeah cheap (laughs) reasonably cheap Mm -hmm. uh yeah those are awesome well any final thoughts Mm, no i think uh i think we've kind of talked around a lot today and i think just you know Maybe just provided some food for thought, which yeah, I think is half our goal anyway, right? Sometimes that's what our show's good for. <laughs> <laughs> that or Sometimes. really good background noise. I know that. Yeah, I know that much. <laughs> but with all that being said, again, links to everything are in the show notes. We want to thank everyone for listening and remind you to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Yep. Take care, y'all. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at andrpgs. Find us on Facebook at meandsteverpgpodcast. On Discord at meandsteverpgs. And as always, all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you, and be kind to one another. Cigar. Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that. Uh, all right. Thank you. (laughs) One of the two. Well, you know, I still can't type worth a crap, so...